0: Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 18th of July 2008 Newcomers look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and on the website you'll see lots of previous shows for download and blurbs as I call them too which sometimes go deeper into this whole matrix system in which we live and I try to show you that everything is indeed connected and the plans laid long ago and published long ago by leading people in society are coming to fruition today. The very world they projected and, and worked for is coming into view. Also look into our for transcripts which you can download in the various languages of Europe. Last night I watched for new thunderstorms everything's new today new, new freedoms and new society etc and you have the new thunderstorms to go with the new weather which is man made and you could see these flashes where they originated from in the sky every few seconds like clockwork and there was no sound of the thunder and it's been on for two or three hours and this happened last year as well where they superheat the atmosphere with harp technologies, and it wasn't until the the fourth hour of it that eventually came my way, and the thunder was actually there, too. And during the day, they were spraying and spraying away to build up the right conditions so that harp can work to its full extent. A few years ago, maybe three years ago, there was a big explosion in the sky over British Columbia all the way down into Washington. The following day, they brought out experts from NASA and different areas of the same science to explain it was probably a meteorite that simply set off the fire alarms and the car alarms all the way down that massive area from B.C. to to Washington. And that satisfied the public. Then about a week later, in Australian news, they had the same phenomena and had the same outcome they brought the scientists out to explain it was probably a meteorite. Nothing was detected on radar, of course, but in reality they were were testing out their their new weaponry and they can superheat the atmosphere in a a particular local spot and cause it to explode. Tesla, interestingly enough, had one warning to do with his own technology and he said it could set the atmosphere on fire and cause fire across the the whole planet. That was his reasons that he gave, at least for stopping that particular experiment and on to other ones to do with weapons and warfare. We do live in an incredible system of mind control, a system, as I say, that has a public thinking revolving day by day and that things are happening in parliaments and congresses to do with these events as politicians wrestle with the big problems of how to tackle them problems they never foresaw coming and of course nothing is ever further from the truth because to bring in the brave new world scenario you must have a totalitarian system where everybody every citizen obeys authority and nowhere will you find this kind of information except in the writings of the early communists and Lenin who went through the whole agenda of how to completely alter a society in a very few years by the very same techniques we're seeing used today, across the planet. Sometimes it makes you think you're still insular, you're still a country. And we've been global for many, many years. It's a long time to set up this system of domination and meshworking. Back after these breaks with more. back cutting through the matrix again and trying to tell you that nothing is simply unfolding by chance you don't get a world under the same regime by chance it took many 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 years decades and decades and maybe even a couple of centuries to get to this particular stage of what they call cooperation but all the countries cooperate together along one path one agenda as one voice Once in a while, Eric Margolis, who was a reporter for the Toronto Sun for many, many years, he was a war correspondent, would put out an article going a bit deeper into what was really going on. He didn't tend to follow the usual journalistic handouts that they they get, and he would go his own way and say some things that upset a lot of people in the process. But he tends to at least tell you what he can tell you, I suppose. In the press and real reasons behind things without going too deeply into the higher powers behind it too. And this is from ericmargolis.com is his own website as well, uh, with archives up on it. It's quite well worth looking into. And this was from June the 23rd, 2008. And he says, at last, some truth about Iraq and Afghanistan. After a sea of lies and tsunami of propaganda, ugly truth behind the Iraq and Afghanistan wars finally emerged into full view this week. Four major Western oil companies, Exxon, Mobil, Shell, BP, and Total, are about to sign U.S.-brokered no-bid contracts, no-bid contracts, to done deal, with the U.S.-installed Baghdad regime to begin exploiting Iraq's oil fields. And by the way, the U.S. taxpayer made and built, and paid for, I should say, the new refineries. Saddam Hussein had kicked these firms out three decades ago. They nationalized Iraq's foreign-owned oil industry for the benefit of Iraq's national development. The Baghdad regime is turning back the clock. This agreement comes as talks are continuing between the Washington U.S. and its Baghdad client regime over future U.S. basing rights in Iraq. After some face-saving Iraqi objections, it's expected that Baghdad will sign a compact with Washington giving U.S. forces control of Iraq and its airspace in a manner very similar to Great Britain's colonial arrangement with Iraq and it's it's identical with the the old British rule. Interestingly, the same oil companies that used to exploit Iraq when it was a British colony are now returning. As former US Federal Reserve Chairman Alan Greenspan admitted, the Iraq war was all about oil. Well, it isn't all about oil. It's also because They claim, and they're teaching this at CEO meetings in Switzerland, that it's also about bringing Iraq up to speed in the world's system and literally the necessity to get rid of this theocratic-type system doing away with the religion because it's too primitive, etc. It will not allow them to progress up to our standards of domination. This is VP Dick Cheney, stated in 2003 that the invasion of Iraq was about oil, and for the sake of Israel. Meanwhile, according to Pakistani and Indian sources, Afghanistan just signed a major deal to launch a long-planned 1,680-kilometer-long pipeline project, expected to cost $8 billion. If completed, the Turkmenistan-Afghanistan-Pakistan-India pipeline will export gas and later oil from the Caspian Basin to Pakistan's coast, where tankers will transport it to the west. The Caspian Basin, located under the Central Asian states of Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan, holds an estimated 300 trillion cubic feet of gas and 100 to 200 billion barrels of oil. Securing the world's last remaining known energy, El Dorado, is strategic priority for the Western powers, and China can only look on with envy. But there are only two practical ways to get gas and oil out of landlocked Central Asia to the sea through Iran or through Afghanistan to Pakistan. For Washington, Iran is taboo, That leaves Pakistan, but to get there, the planned pipeline must cross western Afghanistan, including the cities of Herat and Kandahar. In 1998, the Afghan anti-communist movement, Taliban, and a western oil consortium led by the U.S. firm UNO-Cal UNO signed a major pipeline deal. UNOCO lavished money and attention on Taliban to a senior delegation to Texas and also hired a minor Afghan official Mohamed Hamid Karzai. Enter Osama bin Laden. He advised, he advised unworldly Taliban leaders to reject the U.S. deal and get, got them to accept a better offer from an Argentine consortium, Bidas. Washington was furious and, according to some accounts, threatened Taliban with war. In early 2001, six or seven months before 9-11, right, six or seven months before 9-11, Washington made the decision to invade Afghanistan. Okay, I hope you hear that part because it's from the, a major reporter. Overthrow Taliban, install a client regime that would build the energy pipelines, but Washington still kept up sending money to Taliban until four months before 9-11 in an effort to keep it on side for possible use in a war on strikes against Iran. The 9-11 attacks, about which Taliban knew nothing, supplied the pretext to invade Afghanistan. The initial U.S. operation had the legitimate objective of wiping out Osama bin Laden's al-Qaeda, but after its 300 members fled to Pakistan, the U.S. stayed on, built bases which just happened to be adjacent to the planned pipeline route, and installed former UNOCO consultant Hamid Karzai as leader. That's her puppet, man. Washington disguised its energy geopolitics by claiming the Afghan occupation was to fight Islamic terrorism, liberate women, build schools, and promote democracy. Ironically, the Soviets made exactly the same claims when they occupied Afghanistan from 1979 to 1989. The cover for Iraq was weapons of mass destruction... The dam's supposed links to 9-11 and promoting democracy. Work will begin on, on this pipeline once Taliban forces are cleared from the pipeline route by U.S., Canadian and NATO forces. As American analyst Kevin Phillips writes, the U.S. military and its allies have become an energy protection force. From Washington's viewpoint, the deal has the added benefit of scuttling another proposed pipeline project that would have delivered... Iranian gas and oil to Pakistan and India. India's energy needs are expected to triple over the next decade to 8 billion barrels of oil and 80 million cubic meters of gas daily. Delhi, which is its own designs on Afghanistan and has been stirring the pot there, is a cock-a-hoop over the new pipeline plan. Russia, by contrast, is grumpy, having hoped to mon- uh, monopolize Central Asian energy exports. So people should look into this particular site and some of the other articles Margolis has on these particular topics because at least he does go into another side of it, not all of it, but another side of what's really going on. And we're led, as I say, by CEOs who become politicians and then they go back into the same CEO positions once they leave politics it's what the used to be called fascism, run by the elite fascists that have been here for many, many centuries, who plan the world, plan its future like a big business deal, a big business plan. And that's what it is. You're living through a script, a script not just to do with money or oil or profiting. But that's important to always be on top in an economic system. You must rule everything to be the boss over everything. And everything in this system now is running on an economic principle, including every individual. We're numbered, we're we're actually put down in reports as to earning capacities, how much money you can pay in taxes in your entire lifetime. there in the projected figures that they put out there. And they do this with every child that's born. We are slaves in the system. And the slave masters are letting us know that we're slaves. Mind you, there's a lot of happy slaves out there. With little earphones on, uh, dancing in the shopping malls, or yapping into cell phones. And looking in the shop windows, there's a lot of happy slaves out there, but they won't be happy forever. Eventually they won't know what happiness is because they won't be able to think at all when they're completely programmed 100% from scratch. And that is also the goal. And this article now is from the Mail Online. And it says here, Big Brother warning over a government database that records every phone call and email in Britain. And the reason that people should listen to about this in the States and Canada and elsewhere is because everything starts in Britain. We've already seen Sweden, by the way, actually beat Britain at this. But Britain's following suit, as we all must. It's the same agenda, same ID card is coming and all the rest of it. By, issued made by the same corporation, and this was from the 15th of July, 2008. A Big Brother database recording every single phone call and email made in Britain would threaten the British way of life, the information watchdog has warned. Information Commissioner Richard Thomas said such a government-run database would have serious data protection implications, so they've already swayed it, you see. He's supposed to be there to warn the citizenry that's his position in Parliament. these call of privacy commissioners that they've already spun it right there to see what a serious um, protection they hard to protect the data not, not the fact it's really wrong to do it in the first place. amid speculation a massive database is already being planned he declared it would be a step too far. May's draft legislation program included provision for a bill to modify the procedures for acquiring communications data and allow this data to be retained. However, Mr. Thomas declared as he launched his annual report today that any such database would have serious ramifications. He said, I'm absolutely clear that the targeted and duly authorized interception of communications of suspects can be invaluable in the fight against terrorism and other serious crimes. So even he's plugging... The, the the official story is all to do with fighting terrorism and crime and he's right really because we're all terrorists we all have old think and we are contaminated with old ideas back with more after this break Hi, I'm Alan Watt, and this is cutting through the Matrix, going through a report put out in Britain by the information top chutzpah in Parliament, whose job is, is just to tell the public that they're they're losing their rights and freedoms. That's all he's, he can do. He has no power in Parliament anyway. But he's also putting a spin on it that it's, it's not that bad. I mean, they have to collect all this data for terrorism. It's just going to be a hard deal to try and retain it from from getting out of their hands. They've made sure that we all know that all this government data to do with welfare cases, etc., has already disappeared from, from government. It doesn't get to its destination. A big terror threat to frighten us all. And they will come up with a solution for that, by the way, at the right time, which they already have. And he goes on to say in this article, but there needs to be the fullest public debate about the justification for, and implications of, a specially created database Potentially accessible to a wide range of law enforcement authorities holding details of everyone's telephone and internet communications. I mean, you're, you're down now to living inside your head whether you like it or not because it's almost, almost the only safe place left. He says, do we really want the police security services and other organs of the state to have access to more and more aspects of our private lives? Speculation. The Home Office was considering collecting the information from phone companies and Internet service providers had been fueled by the draft legislation program. Mr. Thomas continued, but he insisted that there had not been sufficient parliamentary or public debate on proposals to collect more and more personal information on databases for DNA samples and automatic number plate recognition cameras. He added, we welcome last month's report from the All-Party Home Affairs Committee warning of the dangers of excessive surveillance. Or we'll get camera phobias of a new disease. I entirely agree that before major new databases are launched, careful consideration must be given to the impact on individuals' liberties and on society as a whole, and that is quite the joke. Which means you must have a sense of humour. Sadly, there have been too many developments where there has not been sufficient openness, transparency public debate. There's been none. The past few months have seen several high-profile data loss scandals, much to the government's embarrassment. The Information Commissioner's Office was today serving enforcement notice against HMRC and the Ministry of Defence following recent high-profile data protection breaches involving the loss of computer disks and laptops, containing personal details. They're awfully careless there, aren't they? The notices require both departments to comply with recommendations from recent reports into the incidents and to provide progress reports on what has been done. Failure to comply with the notice is a criminal offence. It's the law. It's the law. And that's what law is. It's just a decree come down from the top. And law can be anything. But that's the kind of farce that we are given for display of caring for the public by the person who's supposed to be paid to do it. A man who has no rights really to stand up in parliament and speak on behalf of the general public you can only convey to the public what some of us already know and that the system is to become worldwide in this brave new world huxley aldo huxley used to say that he saw his version coming in in totality in the very near future but he was wrong on that his version comes in after the Orwellian stage because first they must go through the Orwellian jackboot on the face scenario for quite some time as they frighten and thump and bash the public into compliance with this new system while they're doing that you'll find articles in the paper about the gene alterations of babies and so on which are already taking place if you've noticed the ones where they say that they've taken genes out that are cancer-causing genes, they think. And these uh, young babies that are, that are female won't get breast cancer. That's just how they're starting to push the so-called genetic enhancement. So they've removed this particular gene that they think might be responsible for it. This will catch on very quickly, and mums because they watch all all the soaps and all the talk shows on television and the oprahs and so on they will go along with this very, very quickly unfortunately they're also talking about taking genes out of the unborn before they come to term because they might have criminal characteristics in them this kind of stuff all comes from the eugenics societies all of the stuff comes from the eugenic societies of the early 1920s, 30s and 40s. They dressed it up after World War II because Hitler gave them a bad name, another called Bioethics Committees. They just appeared out the blue when we found that there was a dolly the sheep and went all that propaganda on television from these sudden experts that we didn't know existed with their panels that we didn't know existed either called Bioethics Committees, who speak for us, mind you. It's the same agenda. You'll find in the reports of American psychology, psychology today, and the psychiatric uh, magazines from the 20s, 30s, 40s onwards, right up to the present, they've talked about the need eventually to get in to the unborn, remove defective genes, as they call them. Genes which basically you'll find in the long run give you your individuality. They'll also give you your ability to have self-preservation by being awake and observant. They will bring in the compliant society, and that is the reality of this world lived through. Science fiction, although it's programming us, doesn't go nearly far enough as to if what's really going on is beyond science fiction. Hell is manifesting on Earth. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, I'm Alan Watt, cutting through the Matrix. And trying to show you how things were planned long, long ago for this present stage we're going through. We're dealing with people who plan like a long-term business plan, like a war strategy, the takeover of a planet, but not just a takeover, but a complete remaking of everything in it. Very ancient agenda, actually. And it's meant to all to appear to the average person as just happenstance and fumbling down through time and just things happening here and there and we react to it and deal with it. And that's how it's presented. That's what politics is for. And that's also what the, the general media is for. And yet, long ago, even in the 1800s, you talked about ways to chemical ways. Alchemists were big. These fraternities of alchemists weren't just into doing little esoteric philosophy for certain issues. They were also into chemistry, big time, to find out which chemicals altered the human mind, the brain. And it was very, very early on when the Soviets or at least the bolsheviks took over russia that they experimented with the water supplies of the people to see if they could make them compliant because it was very important in their plan to have compliant obedient population we always hear about nazi germany doing the same thing with fluoride but remember the soviets were already doing it that's where Hitler got his idea from and for the western world that is a different tactic that come out with a, a good scientific theory as to why we should take take it willingly, in fact. At least in Germany and in the Soviet system, they didn't know they were taking it. Here that they convince us to mock the victim as part of the tradition. And here's news that's come out of China. Before I mention that, I'll mention that the Alcan, which was the aluminum, uh, uh, Canadian company Alcan, was owned by the Bronfmans. And they owned it right up until I think they bought Sony and sold off the Alcan side of it. But the Bronfmans, remember, made their money off the illegal booze and drug trade of the 1920s and 30s until they became awfully wealthy and respectable. These were the guys who decided to dump the fluoride, which really was a waste product of aluminum, into the market of dentistry until it became a household word, especially when little children were singing the the little jingles they got off television about fluoride and how good it was for their teeth. So here's news here. This poison of course is well understood what it does. Even that the top dentist who worked for the government has admitted uh, the stuff is a a real poison and he didn't know the effects at the time when he promoted it. He's come out against it in Canada. But you know the rampage in the US is to give more and more of it to the whole Actually, they want the whole population to get it. And this is from China. ChinaView.cn. On the 11th of the 7th, 2008. And it says, Washington, July 10th, on the right top. was in Hua. Nearly 70% of U.S. residents who get water from community water systems now receive fluided water, according to a report published Thursday by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. City control disease, you see. The proportion of the U.S. population receiving flourished water, about 184 million people, increased from 65.8% in ninety two to 69.2% in 2006, said the report. The percentage of people served by community water systems with optimal levels, which are defined by the state and very based upon such things as the climate or fluid water ranged from 8.4% in Hawaii to 100% in the District of Columbia. According to their reports, community water fluoridation is an equitable, cost-effective and cost-saving method of delivering fluoride to most people, said William the director of CDC's Division of Oral Health. We've seen some marked improvements. However, there are still too many states that have not met the national goal. The national goal is that 75% of U.S. residents who are on community water systems be receiving fluoridated water by 2010. Then he goes on to say, I love this part here, fluoride, a naturally occurring compound in the environment, can reduce. In other words, if it's naturally occurring, it must be all right. Well, so is arsenic. So is, arsenic. So is asbestos. You can dig into the earth and find asbestos. So I guess naturally occurring is meant to make it sound though it must be natural. It's a nice stuff. Nature is good, right? And it gives us a little blurb there as why they use it. This is based upon studies in a systematic review, the new report suggests that fluoridation resulted in a median 29.1% relative decrease in tooth decay in the United States. And I love how that was say suggests. It's like a good guess. What's your guess? Because you're as good as theirs. This has nothing to do, as I say, with the helping of preventing dental caries. We know it makes bones brittle, you can find it in the little spots and flecks in the, the enameled of the teeth of, of children with it. And we know that the IQ drops quite a bit. Most people probably know, I don't have to do know, that the national, well, the world IQ uh, tests have dropped their standards with five points to give it a new, a new standard. It's the same test, but the passing for normality is now five points lower that happened in the last three or four years and we wonder what's happening to the people as they don't react to what's happening around them war has been created upon the masses total war it didn't just start at 2001 it's been on the go your whole lives it was on the go when your parents were born and your grandparents at least in the grandparents' day they had memories and they had no interference from radio at that time as the great grandparents didn't and they talked and they they, they basically communed with each other about what was happening in their lives and what was important to them plus they passed a lot of oral history down to their own families oral history was the same thing that had to be eradicated from the American Indians it's been used many many times to destroy the oral history that's what they tried to do in countries like Scotland by clearing the highlands and forbidding you to speak your national tongue on pain of death. That was the same Great Britain we have today. The communists talked an awful lot about this, how to separate the children from the parents. So did Lord Bertrand Russell. Very important because they called this passing down of information contamination, and therefore that they use scientific scientific techniques in the schools. make sure that whatever the parents told their children would be completely ignored and that has been pretty well successful everything now that comes into a child's mind comes from television and their teachers remember again what Lenin said the police the military and the teaching profession must be elevated up to a very high standard because they are in control over and off the people we've seen that happen teachers not so long ago would move around countries and states and provinces looking for work It was not looked upon as the high profession and they were not given incredibly high wages you wouldn't believe the wages some of them are in Canada by the age of their 25 and even though they know and I've talked to you plenty of them they know they're prostituting themselves for the money they will tell you well where else can you get 75 grand a year going up to 100,000 to take higher courses they know that all they're doing is social engineering of propaganda for a politically correct society that's to come they know this their eyes hit the floor I've seen this look many many times when people know they're in the wrong that I sit the floor and they're not when they walk away from that money. Money is an incredible power. Eh? When the dollar talks, morality walks. And everyone is under the gun to accumulate this thing called money, in the hope that you do not get poor, homeless, or sick. Money is the key to this whole economic system right down to the facts today there's no debate about whether the economy was there to serve the people or the people there to serve the economy have been told over and over what our purpose is in the system you now have cancer patients in the US who have been told by their state governments that the treatment which is available to extend their lives won't be given to them because it costs too much. However, they're bringing in forms of euthanasia. In other words, they're there to help kill you, but they won't treat you to extend your life. Because why? Because you're not a good citizen anymore, as the United Nations defined it. You're a consumer, not a producer. You should be both to be a good citizen. Your time is over. Your economic value is gone. You don't contribute to society by taxation. That's how we're all looked upon in this economic system. And the rich men of the world conspire against the people. In an age where the people have been thoroughly atheized so much, you can't recognize what's going on. That's also one of the reasons, as I said that at a recent meeting of CEOs, top CEOs, in Switzerland, where they were talked to by a futurist called Bayer, they were told that the real attack on the Muslim countries was underway. This man went into some of the history of Muslims, saying that they they were basically stuck in the 7th century, and they had to come up to speed one way or the other to fit into the new world system. He also mentioned interesting little things like the U.S. is fighting terrorism in over 30 countries in the world today. We focus on the main ones we see on the news, but in 30 countries are doing this sort of stuff. To bring in a standardized system. And this buyer mentioned democracy. So did you know that the U.S.'s function was to bring in democracy worldwide? Only now could they come out and say that so openly the first person to use the term and say we are a democratic nation was President Wilson and he was run by by Mandel House who was part of the Royal Institute of International Affairs team in the early days in the Lord Milner group run by Gray, Sir Lord the Lord Gray or Sir Gray. He changed it right there and then because the Republic was formed to stop the expansion of powers of government. There was to be a wall to stop them spreading outwards because democracy was always known to be an empire-building strategy. Look at Britain. its whole history, since about the 1600s, 1700s on, was nothing but democracy as it plundered the planet for London and for about 200 families based in London who profited from it all. In the early 20th century... In the days of Kipling and others. And Kipling belonged to this writer's club, he also belonged to the Royal Institute of International Affairs. Kipling came over and read this great poem to the US Senate. You have to be a high mason to get on that floor as a foreigner and speak in the first place. And he was. Kipling is the guy who wrote The Man Who Would Be King, which is well worth seeing. And he read his poem about the white man's burden and how they'd have to go off and democratize the world. And since then it's been a, a roll. It took up speed after World War II and the baton was passed over to the US to finish off the job that England had started. And that has been the function ever since. The Royal Institute of International Affairs own records and documentation going back into the 1930s talked about this coming world. They even had the quotas of Chinese that would be coming into Canada by two, the year 2000 and 2002 to 3, I think it was, for the west coast of Canada, because they would be the middlemen, middle management for the, for the new China that would be formed in the future, which is here now. We've lived through it they knew that when they to build them up to be the main manufacturers of the planet and they talked as well about the role of America that would start wars further this democratization progress and people like Arnold Toynbee mentioned at these Royal Institute of International Affairs meetings he said they would falter a couple of times resurges as ancient societies have always done in the past Rome did the same thing for a little while and then completely fall flat through debt and corruption and so on. Then China, which would be built up, built up to be the top premier country for the planet with manpower, commerce, and industry. China was to take over the role of international policemen. While going back to this Davos-Switzerland meeting, the CEO was telling these top CEOs of the biggest corporations on the planet Uh, that China may go one way which would be to become totalitarian in a sense and try to take the world over or they'll come in and be the policemen of the world and take their share of the burden of standardizing the planet. This is all in the open now in very high quarters of what's really going on but the agenda to do with human society is lost on the general population. They still think being egocentric and egocentronic as they've been trained to be that they'll live their lives and nothing much will change around them personally and they don't really care what happens anywhere else they don't realize that they're already under tremendous warfare of their minds their mind the propaganda and their education and indoctrinations remember indoctrination is a term used in education it's another word for education indoctrination and they don't realise that even psychotronic technology is being used on them. We know about the harp. We know for the technotronic era that Brzezinski discussed in his book Between Two Ages. And he said in that book that shortly the public will, will be basically made to do anything he says because scientific technologies will be used on their minds, technologies which they'll be oblivious of. Well, we know about the harp and how that can do it. We know. They can put thoughts into your head through heart. They can really change emotions very easily. That's the easiest thing to do with it. And But these are the technologies we know about. but I've been very, very silent about was the Star Wars project, something most people have forgotten. Back in Reagan's day, he talked about the massive funding, and that's when the debt of the U.S. went through the record high for that time of $3 trillion. That's nothing today. But those satellites went up, and those war satellites went up, lots of different kinds of them, but it was all to do with what's coming down today and tomorrow. It was to be used on the population of the planet. They work in series. And these things are beyond harp with their abilities to alter the mind. Back with more after this break. last few minutes on Cutting Through the Matrix for callers I just found out I I can't see on my screen and uh, I didn't know there were any callers there it's a bit kind of late to take them now and before I go tonight I should tell people that they can help me keep going by contributing and you can find how to do it on my website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com because I have to live like everyone else does and things certainly are going through the roof everywhere and gasoline certainly is a lot more expensive up here in Canada at the moment I'm sure it will be the same across the Americas shortly, probably across the world because we have to eventually go up and match Europe's that's where it's all heading no preferential treatment anymore because we have the international corporations running us and international means international to bury the nations you inter them and also before I go, I'd like to mention that people should look into this particular site. And it's theguardian.co.uk. This is the bloody battle of Genoa. It's about the, the 2001 G8 summit in Italy. It's only now coming out to the West what actually happened there with the protesters who were, many of whom were beaten to an absolute pulp by the jack-booted thugs. It took them all these years to, to print this up to the public and let us know what happened. This is from, as, as I say, it's The Guardian, Thursday, July 17th, 2008. It's well worth the read. And the only reason it came really out in the public is that these particular police did not discriminate between reporters and the protesters who were well away from the meeting in the first place. You know that all these meetings now you can't get near, and nothing was to stop the, the G8. You know, they love that G for masonry. It's between the the legs, you know, on the compass. The one who makes the points and creates a circle is a compass. That's the male, as you well know. But what an incredible article to do with butchery. You wouldn't believe how bad it was. It's all in here. What they did to the people and how they kept it, obviously, from the people of the West. And it's going to get bloodier and bloodier as this agenda goes on. Because these characters will stop at nothing now. The means, or the end justifies the means. Any means will be used to bring this around. And they've got to terrify the public into compliance worldwide, into this new system by using complete brutality. And also, as they push democracy, they're showing you uh, what a farce all that is. There's no democracy here. We never had the rights. We never had them. That was the con to stop people from rioting. It's just, you don't vote new parties in. You're voting the old bunch out. You're so sick of them. That's how it works. And nothing changes because it's the same agenda regardless of the funny face they put in front of you to vote for. They get their orders from the top. A well-documented agenda, very old. Incredibly well-documented, in fact. And I've never seen it falter. In any country that puts the same laws in the books at the same time across the planet, just by chance, by coincidence, in my entire life has never ever altered or faltered. You have to get into the books while you can while they're still out there, they're taking them off the market, a lot of these books. Do your homework if you care. And then you can pass it on to others as all you have left is the time to spread it to others. From Hamish, myself, and to Canada, it's good night, and your God, or your gods, go with you.